Friday morning and welcome to Noah's window. Mary Alice, we read through the one-year Bible every year, so when we get to December, we're getting close to the end of the Old Testament and the end of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. So today I'm in Revelation chapter 5. We were just reading this a day or so ago, and I love this section. I don't want to go into my Bible teaching mode, but the book of Revelation is divided into clear-cut sections. Chapter 1 is the past. That's when Jesus appears to John uh, on the island of Patmos. Then chapters 2 and 3, that's about where we are right now. The message is to the seven churches. But in chapter 4 and in chapter 5, the scene shifts to the future. Now, here's what must be understood. Chapters 4 and 5 are what's happening in heaven. Chapters 6 through 19 are what's happening on the earth. So while everything's so bad down here on the earth and during the tribulation period, Revelation 6 to 19, we're in chapters 4 and 5 up in heaven. In fact, if you look at the beginning of chapter 4, it looks like the rapture because John said, I heard a voice like a trumpet that said, mm -hmm. come up here. Mm -hmm. So it's beautiful. But in chapter 5, John is treated to this scene. It's the scene of the throne room of God, uh, a majestic picture of God sitting on his throne. The 24 elders worshiping around the throne, millions of angels. But all of a sudden, everything stops because an angel asks a question. There is a scroll. And this particular scroll, and I don't want to get too definitive on this, but this scroll is sealed with seven seals, which means there's a paragraph and there's a seal, another paragraph, another seal, until you have seven seals. Uh, and the angel asks a question. I'm going to pick this up in verse 2. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Now that's interesting because clearly God the Father is there, but it, he's not going to open the scroll. There's some reason why he cannot open the scroll. None of the angels can open the scroll. None of the believers. So look at that one more time. Verse 3, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. So John, of course, is treated to that scene, and he's trying to react to it. And he said, I begin to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. Now, the reason why John was weeping bitterly comes down to he would have understood what that scroll was, and so would everybody else in the first century. Because when a scroll was sealed like that, and the Bible indicates that there was writing on both sides, what that would be, it would be the deed to property or the deed to an estate that had been lost. Mm -hmm. And the reason why writing was on both sides, on one side there would be uh, the explanation of how it was lost. What's the sad story of how this family lost the land? On the other side would be the terms of redemption. So John recognizes this is title deed to the earth, mm -hmm. and nobody's able to open the scroll. Well, God will not be able to open the scroll because he's God, he's holy, so therefore he cannot compromise his holiness and break those seals. But no human can break those seals because we're all sinners. And so that's why John wept, because nobody was there to open the scroll. But, verse 5, One of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, that's Jesus, mm -hmm. the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. Notice, he didn't say he will win the victory. He's already, He's already won. won the victory. Mm -hmm. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. So uh, this to me is just always such a magnificent picture of our Lord, the uniqueness of his, uh, uh, of his person, both God and human at the same time, perfectly sinless 
and yet willing to die on the cross to pay for our sins. He's the only qualified redeemer yeah. that can that can bring the redemption that's necessary to get this get the world back. That's right. And and these seals are gonna they're going to begin on earth, you know, because we read about that in chapter six. These are judgments that God is pouring out upon the earth. But ultimately, we know the result. We read in Revelation chapter 11 where there's a pause in the tribulation and there's an angel who basically says, I have an announcement to make. The kingdoms of this world have just become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever, which is where we get the hallelujah chorus. Yes, I want to stand up. (laughs) Well, any thoughts on that? It's just that it's so exciting and knowing that that's coming and knowing that Jesus is worthy. And that's one of the, you know, one of the recurring praise songs that we sing. It's in so many choruses and songs and hymns that he is worthy and he is the only one that's worthy. Yeah. And that's something to stop and think about. Well, a very similar word to worthy there would be qualified Mm -hmm. because no one else would be qualified. To me, that's what makes Christmas Christmas. Mm -hmm. Jesus came, God in skin, on a rescue mission to save the world. I've got to be careful. I'll start preaching the Christmas Eve service (laughs) because our our Christmas Eve service title is the real star of Christmas. And and that's that's what Jesus came for. I'm so thankful. Well, I am too. Marilis, would you pray for us today? Yes, let's pray. Well, Father, we're so thankful that Jesus is worthy and that we have this future to look forward to um, when he is going to take over in his rightful place as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he is going to rule this earth again. And what a time that we're looking forward to. I thank you for just the privilege of having this word that we can read so we can have that little glimpse into the future to give us confidence and comfort as we walk through the days we're in right now. Help us, Father, to be faithful, representing you to this world during these last days. I pray that you be with each and every family, each and every individual that's watching or listening to Noah's Window today. Just draw them close to you, Father. Give them your wisdom and your comfort and your strength and the joy that you bring in this season and all the things that each and every one needs. You you know exactly what it is, and we're so thankful that you're so um, loving, that you know every detail, and you know exactly what we need on any given day and in any given hour. And we'll just uh, trust you for that, Father, as you lead us through this day and through this season. I pray that you bless everything going on at New Spring this week and that everything that's said and done would bring glory and honor to you. I pray that you be with all of our volunteers, with all of our staff. I pray that you prepare every heart that's that's planning to be there. And I pray that you keep the evil one away from, from keeping them from coming or tuning in or listening to the message. And may many lives be changed as the Holy Spirit works through the message this weekend. And we'll give you all the glory and the honor and we ask this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you Mary Allison. Thank you for praying about the weekend. I'm looking forward to preaching week four of the Real Star Christmas series. I've already seen this message. I think it's going to be a real blessing to you. Hope you have a wonderful day. We'll see you this weekend at New Spring. God bless. See you soon.